Welcome to the Trey Blanco Podcast and Grill. We have a fine assortment of hot takes and bad predictions for you to sample this evening. On today's menu, the Cowboys. Today's special is the Cowboys. So you'll be having the Cowboys? Fine selection, sir. And now, here's your head chef. Um, he's not really a chef. Well, Trey Blanco. And his faithful busboy, Daniel Davidson. Hey, we'll see you next week, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll see you there next week. There you go. <laughs> What's up, Daniel? How you doing, sir? Hey, man. Feeling good, feeling great. You know what I'm saying? We them boys and the train keeps rolling, baby. We the boys and my predictions are still 100%, y'all. Hey. Mm. Finally, so I knew this week would be. Man, this was a heart. It was a heart thumper. Oh, hell it yeah. A heart, it was a heart thumper, man. But, hey, we, we pulled it out. You Way too much stress out. for a Sunday, bro. I was like, come on, man. What's my day of rest? What's funny is, right, I, I had to work. And so, like, I was only able to not really pay attention. So, I watched mm-hmm. it again. I watched the full game again on uh, yesterday. And, man, my heart was thumping. <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah. heart was thumping. I can never watch that again. I couldn't do it to myself again, bro. Once it was enough to, for me. I had to, you know, because for the show. You know, I had yeah. to watch the full game. But, oh, man. <sighs> I'm there's at some point in my lifetime I won't be able to handle that much stress. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Luckily, I'm still young enough to handle there it. There you go, but, young and strong. Yes, sir. But this is Trey Blanco's podcasting grill. I'm your boy Ed White, aka Trey Blanco. Got my yes, sous chef Dango with me. Say hello to the people. What do you do, baby? Yes, and Julian is off working on his podcast right now, doing some great uh movie previews or movie analysts for uh mm-hmm. Spider-Man series. So take a listen mm-hmm. on that on King Julian's podcast. That's yeah. your plug, Julian. And then the most hated <laughs> producer of all time, DR Lewis Knott. Our baby is working as well. So he's not with us. We'll I'm gonna try to swing him in to get us here next week for the bye. For there's something a little special I've got working for you guys. But here on Trey Blackwell's podcast and grill. We break it down to this X's and O's of Cowboys football. And the Cowboys, you know, we celebrated. We kind of got excited. The Cowboys won 35 to 29 in overtime in New England. Took on Bill Belichick and his mind, his goat of a coach, Ennis, and his rookie, Mac Jones. And he went in there and took the win. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go over, go over these stats. And so, um, Mac Jones, you know, he had a pretty decent game. <laughs> he did, bro. I, I'll, 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 give, I'll give him credit for that. 15 for 21, 229 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, which we'll definitely talk about. Um, and then that's this rushing. And this is actually becoming a, a, a thing of worry for me. Not not becoming, but it's always been a thing for worry for me. But, you know, Damon Harris had 18 carries, 100 yards, uh, one touchdown, uh, where Madre Stevenson had – Five carries, 23 yards, and one touchdown. Um, the receivers, uh, Kendrick B- Bourne, one reception, 75 yards, one touchdown. <laughs> that was uh, a- <laughs> that's efficiency. <laughs> that so much efficiency. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Jacoby Myers, five receptions, 44 yards. Uh, Ramadre Stevenson, three for 39. Hunter Henry had two for 25 and one touchdown as well. Um, let's see. The defensive stats, uh, Kyle Duggar had an interception, which was pretty, pretty good. Uh, but the leading tackler for 
the Patriots was Jawan Bentley. He also had a forced fumble, too. And the Patriots had no sacks but two tackles for a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the Patriots. Now, let's talk about them boys. Um, Dak Prescott did something that no one else has done to Bill Belichick, and that's <laughs> throw over 400 yards on Bill Belichick's defense. But not only that did he do that, he threw 445, three touchdowns, one interception on 36 for 51. So he threw the ball 50, 50 times. Zeke had a decent day, 17 yards, 16, 17 carries, 69 yards. Tony Pollard, 10 for 41. Um, C.D. Lamb, Julian's boy, nine mm-hmm. receptions, 149 yards, two touchdowns, waving goodbye to Jalen Mills. Um, Dalton Schultz with five and 79. Amari Cooper with five and 55. Zeke has seven for 50. Uh, Blake Jarwin had one for one yard and one touchdown. Actually came in pretty clutch. Um, Dak lost the fumble. Randy Gregory forced the fumble. Uh, Chauncey Golson recovered the fumble. And I'm coming back to you, boy, Dan. Don't worry. I'm about to say, I'm, what, I'm no, that's, that's all the shirt. All right. I'm going to come, come back to him. Come on. Trayvon Diggs continues on his streak. Number seven has seven interceptions on the year. Uh, more interceptions than 29 teams in the NFL. Total bro, I already has like the same number of touchdowns as his brother. I was like, what the hell? That's even more ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> no, but the, what happened was Stephen, Stephen, um, Stephen, Stephon Diggs, I'm sorry, Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs got that touchdown on Monday against. So uh... Trayvon was ahead of his brother, who was a receiver <laughs> at one point. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, um, before I get to going crazy, you know, Daniel's boy. Let me hear it. Two. Come on now. Gotta up, get baby? for two. Two seconds. Come on. Randy, baby. Let's go. <laughs> bro, no, this there weren't just two just sacks at bro. Those were two monster bro. sacks, man. He was that, ragdolling people. Mm. Even with the, the power move, you know what I'm saying? Some of the speed. Dang. He got a sack with each with each uh with the power and then the, the speed and then the power move. Uh, the power move was what scared me the most, man, because that was yeah. so skillful. Uh, but he got two sacks and a tackle for loss to add on top of that. Um, Trayvon Diggs was our leading tackler with five. Jamar Curse with five as well. Um, Randy, Demonte, Kazee, I'm sorry, and Michael Parsons has five. Dem- and Demonte Kazee had three. Um, total, t- total team stats, the Cowboys had 567 yards versus the New England Patriots, 335 uh, Cowboys 445 passing versus New England 215. Dallas 122 versus New England 120 on the ground. Let's see points. We already know the points. Uh, wait, where's that? Where's that? Third down efficiency. That's what I was looking for. Uh, New England had 33%. The Cowboys were 23%. And the time of possession was 40 minutes to 26 minutes. The penalties 12 for the Cowboys, five for the Patriots. <laughs> and we'll get into this. I, I, I want to get too far into uh, where I'm predicting what your negatives will be. So I'm going to try to save some of my comments for that. But Daniel, give me your initial, your initial reaction to this game. Man, I mean, like I was saying in the beginning of, of, the, of the pod, man, this was so stressful of a game, the way it was playing out. Um, we actually had mentioned this last episode that we kind of figured that, you know, we probably would fall out the win, but it would be a struggle to get it just for whatever reason. You know, we're on the road. We're against Bill Belichick. And even though we know the Patriots are not a good offense, they're not really that great of a defense either. Just for somewhere, somehow, you know, it would become just a difficult game. And that's actually what it was. Uh, but 
want to start with some positive zones for this. So first thing is going to be shout out to the offense because like Ed was saying, um, again, I love how we are being so multiple again, like we said before. Um, this is a little bit similar to the Tampa game, not so much because we actually did have a bit of success running the ball, but it kind of became obvious as, at points throughout the, out the game that, okay, we can't just sit here and try to ground and pound these guys because they were just selling out to stop the run, basically. That's what Bill Belichick had decided to do. And, hey, Dak was like, hey, I'm game. I'm, I'm stepping up to the plate. Threw the ball 51 times. Um, and was actually very efficient with it uh, because if you saw the game as well, it wasn't just where, okay, well, we're going to stack for the run and then now everybody's running open. No, they are stacking for the run, and then when it got us to any type of obvious passing down, they were sitting in the house. Uh, Bill Betcher was not going to sit that back there and let that Prescott, you know, survey the field, let CD or Amari carve him up. He was going to say, okay, we're going to try to hit you in the mouth. We're going to cause you pressures, keep you from trying to make all your reads, and hopefully get us off the field by having you check down and, and, and such. So, Dak actually had himself very well in this game. Again, there's a ton of pressure coming from all over the place, um, a lot of it in his face, and he stood in there and took the hits. He went at time need to, broke the pocket, and found people down the field. And, I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for him, I don't think we would have won this game. But because of our offense being so efficient, so high-powered, I think we all kind of had the feeling that at some point in time, if it is to where we can have the ball last, we know – I hope in a couple we're going to win the game if we had the ball last, just because of where offense was going. And I think Bill felt that way too, Bill Belichick, because that's why he's trying so hard to keep us from having the ball uh, at the end of it. Um, going off to the defense, I mean, Ed already said that in terms of the, of the pressure. Uh, Randy Gregory was kind of just a, a you know a man on a mission, a man possessed in terms of him in that pass rush. Uh, now we we didn't have like like we had before, where multiple Cowboys are kind of getting in the backfield and causing havoc, but. Hey, we had Randy pushing the pocket, uh, causing a lot of havoc, turnovers. And again, once again, the big thing for our defense the entire year has been turnovers. The same thing for this game as well. Um, Trayvon Diggs, man, stepping up when we needed him the most, making those plays. So we saw a lot of very high highs and some low lows in this game as well. Um, We'll get to the lows in just a second here, though. But yeah, this is one of the more stressful games that I can have – remember watching in quite a while for the Cowboys just because we're such a, at this point I can say we're such a, I think a good team. Uh, We seem like we're kind of destined to make the playoffs. If things keep going the way they are potentially make a run. I don't know. I can, I can't say that for certain at this point, but we definitely were the better team coming into it. Um, It it was pretty obvious from the get go that we were the better team, but for reasons um, we did everything in our power to keep us from blowing this game wide open, which we could have done multiple times throughout the game and we just refused to do it. And I just knew for sure, like the way that I seen Mac Jones play when he was in college, the way that I know Bill Belichick, you know, coaches and his strategies and such, if we keep giving them opportunities to stay in the game, it's going to be come down to the wire. And that's exactly what happened. So hopefully we learn from this. Hopefully we don't do this again. Hopefully we get a lot of stuff cleaned up, but Hey, you can't be, you can't hit on a win because at the end of the day, everybody's in our division lost and we won. So that was a big time win for us. Yep. And then all, and then also, man, you get the, I mean, when you're on the road, about to go on a bye week, it is a trap game. We did what we need to do. We got the win, and now we can rest up and get ready for the rest of the season. So, solid with me. <laughs> and um, you did mention that last week uh, to close it out our episode that this week is very important because of all the game, our the, the opponents that our division was going to face. So, exactly, it happened just the way you called it that it needs to happen. Uh, everyone in our division lost, and we won. Um, my reaction to this. And I and we may talk about this a little bit, like depending on how you feel. Early on in the game, where the offense was struggling, you know, based off of shooting themselves in the foot, 
the defense I felt was playing well enough to get us to win the game because we went to have 10 to 14. They held them out in the second quarter, zero points, third quarter, zero points. And our offense was still not clicking yet. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I think our, our defense is actually keeping us in this game because they're, they're holding them down, getting them off the field, causing turnovers, wreaking havoc. It's like, okay, all right. So I'm just like, hey, we just got to wait for our offense to click. Then we'll be good. But then the offense clicked. But the defense kind of went down. <laughs> so yeah. I was yeah. like, I was like, no, like, hold on, where is this course coming? We got let's keep defense. Got still stay up. We got still stay up. And, hold your water. Yeah, that's it. Gotta hold, <laughs> hold on. You gotta hold it. That's for a little while longer. Hold on. I think that's a song. But you know, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the most famous of songs. <laughs> but you just gotta. But and so, um, you know, then Trayvon does this thing. You know, take advantage of the opportunity. Got does it. Gets the return, the interception return. Um, and then you know, Mac Jones pulls on a liner to uh, I already forgot his name, but Bourne, there you go, to Bourne. Yeah, and, mm. and I was like, That's I was like, Wow, that's a great, that's, that's a great pass. And but then get into overtime, and you know, the Patriots get the ball for, first, and I'm nervous, like, Oh man, they're they're pretty high right now, they got that momentum going. It's like um, kind of, I'm nervous right now, but the defense stepped up again, and so I was like, okay, cool. So, we are like, after that, I was like, all right, we got we got this dub, we got to get the dub now. It's like, there's no reason for us not to get this dub, but and it, I was nervous, man. You know, those fourth down situations, man. The Cedric Wilson caught a good, caught an amazing pass, uh, great athletic play by Cedric Wilson, kind of looked like a CD's lamb touchdown, um, against the Minnesota Vikings last year when it was falling back, but hey. I'm glad we got that win. I'm glad it didn't, glad it didn't fall onto Greg, my legs, Zerline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, hey, it's, we, like I said, we saw some very good things from this defense, this defense, this game. But for, we saw, like you said, we saw some very bad things from this defense, this game, too. So it's it that seesaw type of game that we saw. Offense doing good, defense bad. Defense doing great, offense bad. And so if we get... Ooh, man, I'm telling you, if we get to clicking on both cylinders, like, against a good team, because I say the Patriots are better than the Giants when the Giants are injured. And so, um, against a good team, and we dominate these teams that are bad, ooh, man, we're going to we're gonna be scary. And so, like, that's our initial reaction. So, like we always say, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. It's something that Daniel said last season when I was – and we were going through the darkness. And so, <laughs> um, Daniel, what are your negatives coming out of this game, sir? Yeah. Um. Before we get to that, I do want to, like you were actually alluding to, give a shout out to um, our receiving core, man. They made some amazing big time plays when we needed them. Uh, we probably shouldn't have needed them, but we're about to get into the reason why we needed them. But still, you know, even through all the adversity and stuff, they're stepping up big time catches, uh, converting very long third downs, very long fourth downs and such. And really, it was a play that if they didn't make them, that this game was going to be over. So got to give a shout out to the receiving core because. It wouldn't just, you know, it wouldn't just CD, wouldn't just Amari. We actually had the others, so to speak, in, the, in this game stepping up. So I think that's kind of shows, too. I think before starting off, I think the season we kind of were worried about, do we have that much depth behind the top three, you know, Amari, CD, and, and Michael Gallup. Um, but it's, it appears to be the case, man, because um, Cedric Wilson makes some big-time catches. Uh, Noah Brown makes some big-time catches as well. And both of those guys, you know, when they get in the game, before it's like, oh, it might be a lot of drop off, but of course it's gonna be some drop off from CD in, in them. But you still are pretty confident that hey, now nah, these are due dudes are legit NFL receivers and they're able to make plays in those spot minutes. So I just want to give a shout out to them before we get to the uh, 
the negatives on here because as you say it cannot be all sunshine and rainbows everything glitters is not gold let's start off with the negatives man number one yellow is my color <laughs> number one yellow all right so we talked about this before ed alluded to it and touched on a little bit starting off man the flags the flags the flags the penalties in this game if you want to know why we have uh just such a big disparity in terms of yards this big disparity in terms of time possession uh everything uh <laughs> it's because of the penalties man like if you want to know how this game was even close why it wasn't blown out from the from the get-go is because man well aside from just the penalties but it played a big part a lot of times we, we shot ourselves in, own lit, in our own foot um, on both sides of the ball, though. Uh, yeah. It's one thing if it's just on defense or just on offense, but it was on both sides, which is kind of what set us both us back uh, initially in this game. And like Ed was saying, usually when one team, one side got going, the offense, the defense would then either give up yards or have a big-time penalty that would help out the, the opposing offense or vice versa. Our offense would set themselves back. Um, so the reason for those amazing catches we have from C.D. Lamb, Cedric Wilson and such were because of the, the offense having holding penalties and pushing us back. when We couldn't have that in you know, these very key time drives for the game. Now, I mean, I do love that we have the offense that is still able to convert when it's like third and impossible, fourth and impossible or whatever, or fourth and super long. So that, it's, it's nice to have that ability. But again, for being, you know, where are we trying to get to and for wanting to make this run that all the now, you know, specialists and all the, all the commentators are saying like, yeah, they're for sure going, or they're for sure going to make that deep run. Um, I guess it's definitely getting upset pretty easily or, or kind of not reaching our full potential. If we don't clean some of this stuff up, man, um, because time and time again, we can't allow these type of teams to stay in the game because what if you do this against actually like an actual opponent that's actually our equal or close to it in terms of talent, then, you know, a big reason why the Patriots weren't able to overcome is because, again, they're not that good of a team this year. It, it is what it is. They play very hard. Um, you know, they have some up-and-coming stars on there, but they aren't what they used to be, which is the reason why from the from early on in the game, I was like, watching them play, I was like, oh, they're not that good. So this, this actually shouldn't be too tough on us. And it definitely was very, 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 very tough on us because we got in our own way. Uh, we don't really have that luxury, especially on defense, to be having that many penalties and flags on, on the game. Um, on offense, we kind of have that luxury, but you don't want to get into that habit um, because even though it seems that, you know, the only thing can stop us is us. Yeah. Well, it's still at some point it hasn't stopped us yet, but it definitely could happen. Right. We're still early on in the season. Um, so that's something that you have to clean up and something that I think for everybody that was watching the game was like, yo, what the hell, bro? How many freaking flags? What was it over 100 yards, wasn't it? Of penalties? It was 100, 115 yards total. 115 in yards total. And so on a freaking football field, bro. <laughs> on 12 penalties, 115 yards. And uh, oh, my lord. Yeah. And that's that's what's scary. And so if you think about that, that's an average of um, a first down, basically, every penalty. <laughs> so basically, 9.5 yards a penalty <laughs> that we average. And, um, that's well, wasn't it, I think at one point, um, what's his face? Uh, Mac Jones was like, what, six for six, seven for seven with like barely any oh, yeah. yards and, and like the game was like tired or whatever. It's like, how's mm -hmm. this possible? It's like, well, he has like, he hadn't had to drive the field at all. Yeah, no, we're <laughs> helping them all out, helping them out. All these penalties, man. Like that's what this, you said exactly one of my fears, man. These penalties that when we shoot ourselves in the foot and we play against a good team, we're not going to pull it out. I don't think. And so especially with 12 and especially because the, the, they were drive ending penalties, too, at the same time and drive extending penalties as far as like our defensive defensive team, our defense getting penalties. And so um, I believe if I remember correctly, uh, the Patriots first touchdown was based off a penalty 
get by Trayvon Diggs. They actually got him within uh, right outside the red zone, and it was a nice little pass to Hunter Henry in the middle and they set him up for a touchdown. And so, and we, we could have got off the field, but you know they extended the plays, um, extending series, and then on offense, you know all these the holding penalties. I got us like first and twenty, second down that ended that that took away a first down and put us back in the third and 20 situation. And yeah, we converted some of them, but we didn't convert all of them, you know? And it's like, and it, they're calling possible uh, third down and a possible fourth down impossible for a reason. Cause you don't really convert those because it's almost impossible because the defense could just set back and just run up and tap you most of the time. And, and it's just, that's where my concern is. And um, I do disagree with, I do disagree with one of them, um, the one, the first holding call on Tyron Smith, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. But I mean, they, Colin Williams got done up. We got caught up on penalties as well. I think he had like three or four um, this, and it was all the stupid penalties that like potentially were unnecessary. And again, we can't do that against one of the better teams, uh, one of these better teams with a better offense and a mature quarterback with good receivers, <laughs> receivers with a name. And so, mm-hmm. i.e. the Minnesota Vikings we have coming out this bye week, we can't like we can't do that. And so that's my concern going forward is we got to clean it up with these penalties, man. And and that's that's one of the things I'm definitely looking forward to looking at going forward with this season. Go ahead with number two. Yeah, man. Number two, break early, bend late. This was actually for the defense, man. And I think this is kind of what you're saying with your fear when it came to um, seeing how it was playing in terms of the defense. Man, that run defense was brutal for us this game, bro. Brutal. Yeah. Um, I should know. Uh, Damian Harris, like you were saying, got 100 yards and, and 101 yards in that one touchdown. I had dropped him before this in my other fantasy league because he ain't been doing nothing the entire year, man. Damian Harris hadn't done nothing all, hey, all year for me. And it man went off. He's got a touchdown almost every week, though. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, bro. I still got him. <laughs> nah, he 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 was he was not pulling his own weight on that, bro. Gotcha. Go ahead. So I, I had to let him go. <laughs> but the way he was he was running though, I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I just dropped maybe the top one of the top fancy backs in the league. He could be playing like this every every game. Um, even <laughs> even their backup man, he was he was actually coming in and running over people too. Uh, so this yep. was the issue, and also another reason why they were well, why Mac Jones actually was able to have a pretty decent night against us was he didn't have to do too much in terms of being you know second long, third and long. He didn't have too many of those early on, um, and usually that's when we kind of force more of our pressure in terms of the pass rush. Of course, for most teams, you see when you get them in second and third and long, you can pin your ears back and get after them. Or in terms of our interceptions, um, again Trayvon Diggs didn't have his interception until near the end of the game. I thought he actually might have one a little bit earlier than that. He kind of can push him back with a rookie rookie quarterback, you know, um, put some pressure on him. But he really didn't have to make too many uh, tough throws uh, in that sense or ones that are risky just because it's like they're all kind of shorter throws and such or they had their full playbook open to them because on first down they run the ball and get about five or six yards or even more than that. Um, so time and time again, uh, actually, I don't think they actually had faced a third down until – Sometimes, like sec- yeah, sometime late in the second quarter. In the it second quarter, yeah. yeah, but they didn't have to face a third down. Now, of yep. course, Al House had to do the penalties too, but a big part of that also was their running game was just doing so well early on in all the drives. And they're not a good running team. Again, this this offense actually has, hasn't been a good offense all year. Um, so I, I thought they would play as tough, but again, just based on what we've seen them playing good teams and playing bad teams, they're just pretty average to mediocre when it comes to offense overall. Um, so we kind of saw that 
and then also, uh, it, it, again, to help kind of fuel their passing game too, because if you look at, if you read through again, the stats that Eddie had gave you in terms of the receiving core, the names on there are kind of just like names like, oh, well, I didn't know there. I probably don't know most of the people on there. Most people probably don't unless you actually are a Patriots fan or follow that closely to it. They didn't have that big time receiver that kind of could, you know, get open on his own and, and break off and kind of cause those matchup problems, but they didn't really need to because again, they had their entire playbook open to them on second and short or, or anything like that or third and short. And so that allowed them to kind of run the full playbook, run the play action, uh, let Mac Jones get comfortable because um, not having to face down, you know, third and 10, third and 12 or third, anything like that. Uh, so again, it's, it's something that I think we've mentioned a few times that is something to watch, which is that run defense. Sometimes they, they do show up. Other times they don't. Um, I'm not really sure at this point in time, cause we're almost about to hit the halfway mark of the season. If that's something that you, that we can really show up or, or change too much, but it is something that is concerning. Uh, of course we do have some, di- some guys that are going to be coming back. So that could change the outlook of it. Um, but once again, it kind of showed up this time in a big way in terms of hurting the team uh, when it comes to that run defense. Yeah, man. And and so what I've noticed recently is like, granted, we played teams that, that, that really, it looks like we contained the run game or we controlled the run game as far as these other teams. But when you really kind of dig into these stats a little bit, like these running backs are almost averaging five yards a carry no matter what team we played against. And so they still almost average five yards a carry, but we were just able to run up the score on them that we forced them into a passing game. And I'm, you could exclude the Tampa Bay game because, you know, it's Tom Brady's passing team. But yeah. if you look at every other game against uh, past that, these running backs average four, for almost 4.5 and or five yards a carry. And that's what's scary to me. Like if we go up against a good running back, <laughs> they're going to add a good running game, we're going to get eight. And so, um, like, especially with Damien, like you said, granted, Damien Harris hasn't had his best rookie. Is he a rookie? Yeah, his best rookie season so far. I think he's been uh, for a couple of years, a few years. Okay. So he hasn't had the best season so far. Anyway, the rookie or not, he's not having the best season. You know, he's getting um, – and, you know, the Patriots kind of have this – always had this turntable type of style as far as the running backs. Um, but, <laughs> like, you still can't give up, like, 101 yards to a guy who's not even having a good season. And then his backup come in there and get five yards of carry too, and then just plow through you for the, on their on their final scoring touchdown possession. Yeah, like, yo, Ramondre Ramond, no. wasn't playing no games. But yeah, he, he like, came in to bring the pain. He did, and so um, that's and so that's what scares me. And so that's the number two thing that scares me is the run run defense. <laughs> you know, it's like the penalties and run defense, man. Like if these are two things as we're seeing going into the bye week that, that is a concern to me and really questions or kind of puts that uh gray or cloudy area around how far this team can technically go if they can't sure up on that aspect of it too it's like hey we got we got a we got a defender we got a cornerback we got some decent safeties and we got a we got a we got another cornerback and so it was like but we got to get that run defense to step up that's why you know lve stayed because he's a better run defender um yeah. count and it was brought in due to his pass coverage Michael Parsons is supposed to be able to do everything. Um, granted, we're missing Navel Gallimore on the front on the front line, and we're missing Demarcus Lawrence too. But hey, mm-hmm. I mean, we still got to go out there and stop the run. It's like hey, <laughs> when the when you get it, when your defense attacking, you getting plowed through by the running back. Yeah, yeah. C- come on, man, that's questionable, man. Like Carlos Watkins, you ain't no big, you ain't no slim dude, man. You're pretty, and Brent Urban, you're not a slim dude either. Y'all got some size on you. Y'all shouldn't be getting trucked and pushed back. 
multiple like multiple yards, man. So that's that's the question for me. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, number three, and actually a big reason why your boy Damian Harris actually got that touchdown. Um, it's going to be for number three, and this is titled "All Gas, No Breaks." Sometimes this one's actually for the coaching staff. We're actually just for Mike McCarthy. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm convinced that either he's trolling all the Cowboys nation or he just really, really enjoys being like in the headlines and stuff because like all oh, the offense gets all the shine or Trayvon Diggs is all over the, all the place and, and Michael Parsons gets all the shine. What about me? Whoa, 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 my, whoa, Mike McCarthy. Uh, the reason for this is because <laughs> and he didn't wait. He didn't wait, waste a minute to start the game off on our first drive of the game. Um, you know, so we, we got the ball coming out. Uh, but, hey, we assumed that we are going to score every time. It didn't happen. They actually stopped us, got us to fourth down. And what do you do? Uh, you probably punted it, right, so we can start playing some defense. No, we're on fourth down. Or was it fourth and one on our own 34 starting off in the <laughs> – in the, we're visitors in, in the in the opposing person stadium. We're playing against a team that shouldn't even be with us. We shouldn't give them any type of – like they don't have like a super dangerous offense that's going to come right down and score again or anything like that. We go for it on fourth and one on our own 34 at the very beginning of the game. So I don't know if it's been like even like two minutes off the clock or whatever, but we're, here we are going for it on fourth and one and we don't convert it. Bro, I, in what world does that make any sense? Maybe in, in I can see it in high school, if you have just like a juggernaut type of team, sometimes in college, if you're like, hey, man, we're about to get killed by 70 anyways. What the hell? Just go for it all the time. We're going for it every fourth down. We shouldn't even be in this game. You know what I'm saying? That would make sense. But in the National Football League, no matter how bad your team is in National Football League, no one ever goes for it on fourth down on their own 34 to start the game. Why, Ed? Why, what is going on, bro? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the first part of it. There's actually a second like, no. part of it too. You want me to keep on. going for the second part? Yeah, go all right. So we keep going. We're like, hey man, he did some stupid stuff. <laughs> we didn't. So all right. So we didn't get it. Of course, that's why I'm ranting about this. So we didn't get yes. that. Yes, this is why they got the ball. And what did they? What did they do? They turn around and they score immediately on us and just run it down our throats and get a touchdown. Uh, you know, a la Damian Harris. And so it goes from being like, oh yeah, this game we have to make sure that we know we we we. Don't play down to our opponents. Stay focused. Uh, make sure we kind of, you know, get up to a comfortable lead and kind of, you know, have everything, everything good, stay healthy and get ready for the bye week. Now it's like, oh, crap, we're actually down on this game. And, you know, now they're up on it. Now they probably feel pretty good about themselves because they got a very easy touchdown. Now the crowd is into the game because they got a big time stop for them because, yeah, it's fourth and one on all 34 and they scored immediately. So now the whole dynamics of the game has completely switched. And now we're actually playing from behind early on. Um not sure that he thought we maybe need some more pressure on us or something like that. I don't know what made you make that decision. Um, but this is also the reason why it doesn't make any sense because later on in the game, fourth <laughs> quarter, man. So the, the two goes. extremes here, two extremes goes. here, two extremes here. The fourth quarter, bro, we are driving down. Uh, again, we've been going back and forth, neck and neck with the Patriots, man. It, it's been just a, 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 a slobber knocker, you know what I'm saying? Body blows, all that kind of stuff. We're, we're limping, limping to it. And it seems like, all right, bro, we just had – I think it was a big-time run by Dak Prescott on third down. I think he had to get 13 yards. He ended up getting 12, so we're one yard short. I believe we're on – it might have even been like they're 34 or close to that. Around It was pretty close to their end zone, of course. Uh, so at that time, we had all three timeouts. I want to say there's about – what was it, Ed? Like six minutes in the game still? Uh, maybe Roughly less than six. that. A good amount of time. Yeah, there's uh, enough had, time left. Yeah. A good amount of time. Um, so of course our office has been at this point has been on fire, has been lit. We've been driving down the field 
And it's like, okay, well, hey, the opposing person's, uh, you know, territory, we need to score. We want to put the pressure on them to have to actually score to keep up with us. Our offense has been going very good. We just had a big-time play by Dak Prescott. No-brainer. We're going for this, man. We're going we're gonna to drive this <laughs> down, uh, either get a first down, or we're probably going to score on it or something like that. And then the game's going to be pretty much the momentum all ours, and we're about to close this thing out. No, that's not what happened. What does he do? He's like, Greg, Greg, get in here. We're all like, the hell's going on here? And here comes Greg the leg hobbling out there and stuff. And yeah, you got it. <laughs> Boom, shakes that mug. I'm like, oh my God, bro, why? It's why it's so infuriating is again, I would just want him to pick an identity and stop being <laughs> like so two faced throughout the game like just pick one side bro pick one side either you're gonna be this dude who's like yeah i'm going for it all the time no matter what analytics you know what i'm saying till i die analytics baby i love the numbers so numbers say go for it on fourth down go for two all the time that's all i'm doing you know ride or die i might not i'm not i might agree with it but i can respect it because hey that's what you stand on go for it or be like yo man you know what i'm saying analytics be damned I have to make sure that we do what's best for the team. I don't want to put anybody in a bad situation, so I'm going to be super conservative or just conservative as it is and make sure that I play to win the game by not putting us in a bad situation. I can respect that too. I'm Sometimes you might have to step out of that, but if you don't, hey, that's just the type of coach he is. But Mike McCarthy's bipolar ass, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. It, it doesn't, but it, but it doesn't even make good football sense, Ed. You know, it's not even well, like, oh, whoa, that's like 50 50. I can see either way. It's more like <laughs> no one would ever do that and he does it, or everybody would do this and he doesn't do it. It's like, I don't, <laughs> are you just trying to be a contrarian or something? What I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I really feel like they need to have him explain this more than they are because he's like, oh, well, the numbers back it up. And they're like, all right, we'll move on. I'm like, no, because we won the game, people just kind of give him a pass. But I need him to break it down, bro, what's going through his mind during these games or if he's even aware of what's going on. I don't know, man. Hey, I, I have to tell you, man, the numbers did back him up with every single fourth down situation that he did. <laughs> and so they backed him out with every, they backed him up with every decision that he made mm-hmm. and uh, they backed him up. And so <laughs> I didn't like it as much as you did. Um, the one I questioned the most was, the, and it was three minutes left to play in the game, was when he sent in Greg, my legs airline. I'm sorry, four minutes left to play in the game. That's the one I questioned the most. It's like, hey, like you've been, like you, you've been aggressive all game. It's be who you like, continue, pick a side, just go with it. And I feel like with the momentum that was going Wait, wait, right that's here, the one you questioned the most? That's not oh, the not the one oh, in the first I mean, quarter coming out. Hey, are, are you well, hold on, hold on, a disciple let me, of the end? Uh, yeah, go on, do your thing. Let me, let me rephrase myself. Got to put Trey Blanco on the grill now. <laughs> let me rephrase myself. <laughs> After the first one, the, <laughs> that one is the one I'm questioning the most. And so, yes, the first one made no sense because, like, hey, why are you doing it right then and there? Like coming out the game, first first series of the game, you're on their side of the field. It makes zero sense. But the analytics said, yeah, three point. Uh, three point average percent chance of getting getting it, so go for it. And so he went for it. Um, but the one where he sent the field goal, the analytics had him like positive. I think it was almost like fifteen points uh, difference if he did if he went for it instead of kicking the field goal. Like basically because if the if the Cowboys would have gone for it, they, they should have lost. The analytics said the Cowboys would lose, and so the kicking the field goal was the right decision. But I mean, in my decision. I'm going for it. Like he got a $90 million back for a reason. And he 
and he's having it. And like he was, Zeke was actually kind of not feasting, but it was gaining yards on that team, on that D, on that D line. And the offensive line was kind of rolling. But I mean, I don't know what his thought process is. I'm with you, man. I don't, I'm tired of the two face side. I don't need to see two face. I need to see one side. Either you're aggressive or you're conservative. If you, if you flip flop between game and game, that's fine. If you flip flop, like or like, if you be conservative for the first two possessions or the first two times we came to fourth down, and this time that's okay, we gotta win this game. We gotta go for it. It's fourth and one. I got the ball. The time's running out. Let me send Zeke out there. I'll be okay with that because it kind of makes coaching sense in my mind. But yeah, no, not. Well, he's, see, <laughs> he's not here's my issue with the analytics thing because I don't. And it, they, it may be put into the numbers, but they don't actually explain it. Or I feel like they probably should put more information about it. Um, of course, yeah, if you go for it on fourth and one, there's probably a good chance you're going to get it just because it's one yard to get. And most teams can get one yard, you know, in regards to if I, if I need to get it 10 yards within four tries, it's like I'm going to get it. Or most times you can't hold me back from one yard. So I can definitely see how that could be, you know, that would make sense. But does it take into account just like, the quality of the teams that are going against each other. Like, okay, if my team is like very good on offense or if their team is very bad on offense, does that really weigh out the risk reward of, does it make sense to do it in terms of me not me punting the ball and making them come try to drive downfield versus me being like, okay, my offense is really good, but I mean, what's really the upside to this? It doesn't assume that I'm going to score a touchdown because I got this first down. So that's my thing with the analytics is like the numbers can kind of say what you want them to say. And, you know, I do believe that, yeah, it does have some value when it comes to decision-making, of course. Sure. But it seems to me in terms of just, like, obvious logic in that sense, you know, again, if you're in – you're a visitor, uh, you're going against a rookie quarterback, you're going against an offense that's not really that great. At that point, why would you even put your defense in that situation? Because it's not like we have a lights-out defense that stops everything. Now, we have a good defense, but they're not one that's going to just shut down the run, the pass, and everything consistently all the time. That's been shown. So I would think in that sense that you want to give them a longer field to work with if you want them to, you know, succeed in the game. So in that sense, I don't I don't understand that. Now, if, if my McCarthy is more like, you know, early in the game, I'll just do whatever. But when it gets late in the game or if I'm in their territory, like maybe past a 50 or something like that, and I want to be aggressive, I could I could see that, too. At that point, it's like, OK, well, if I don't get it, I still give my defense some help at that point in time. Yeah. But and- but but on the 34 <laughs> in the first quarter. First in the possession. very beginning, the first possession of the game, <laughs> I, I don't I don't see what you would get out of that. It's not like our – I really don't think our team needs that shot in the arm. Like, yeah, we're going for it all the time now. Now we feel like we're a good offense. Like, I think we already understand that, hey, we're, we're a good offense, bro. It is what it is. We get stopped sometimes, but there's a very, very, very small chance you're going to stop us for this entire game. Um, so that's why I'm saying I, I don't – maybe it was one of those mojo moments. Do you need a mojo <laughs> moment at the very beginning of the game? I don't know. It doesn't seem much – mojo to me but maybe i don't know you tell me ed this is your coach bro you gotta tell me what's what's in his mind man what's in his mind tell me mojo why do we need mo why do we need mojo in the first drive but not in the damn fourth quarter bro why don't we need mojo then tell me damn mojo mojo to on the the fourth quarter to have the game lead the the game winning touchdown or mojo to just get the first touchdown of the game yes (laughs) which one sounds more like mojo to you yeah hey y'all mojo moment it's like the coach, what the hell? I'm, I'm warmed I'm up. I'm sorry, y'all. That audience will be pretty loud. I'm sorry, but um, I think Julian will love your last negative. By the way, <laughs> I think you did Julian proud. <laughs> so, Julian, I think that de- third negative will be dedicated to you, sir. Oh but, my god! But yeah, um, Daniel just put Mike McCarthy on the grill. Well deserved. It, so, 
<laughs> um, I, 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 I can't rebuttal to that, man. It's like you, I don't, it's not a mojo moment to go for in the first quarter, in the first possession. The mojo <laughs> moment is the fourth quarter, the game winning, potential game winning drive. That's the mojo uh, moment, even at that point, too. So, you talk about it. If you don't get it, we are, we were on our 30, on their 30 or 25 yard line. And mm-hmm. so, you, I mean, your defense has been decent well enough. And so you kind of hope, and eventually the play after that was a Trayvon Diggs pick six. And so, like, so it kind of worked out, but still. But we also had all of our timeouts, too. That also was a big thing. It's like, yeah, it's not, like, we still are are good if we don't convert this. And we're we're only down by three or four at the time. I don't, I think. I think think it was even closer. That was closer than that. Let me see. I can check real quick. I'm pulling up right now. I'm sorry. Sorry, y'all. We got to get this thing straight. Um, no, nah, but yeah, I mean, we we're down by yeah. one. It was twenty to, it was yeah, 20 say, to twenty-one. Yeah, I was like, it actually was like it was a, it was a it wasn't that far off at all. Yeah. So I was like, it was twenty to twenty-one, and so yes, we're in good position to still kind of control the outcome of the game and potentially what could happen. And so um, it was just not. I don't know. I don't see it. Luckily, you know, he came back. Greg, my leg came back and tied the game. He, excuse me, so that we could go into overtime, but. No, even then, I was still kind of worrisome too. <laughs> and so, um, it is scary. It was scary, man. But good negative, sir. Uh, all yeah. those things worry me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but again, the game. At the end of the day, we are a good team. I think we're a really good team. We actually have. A, I think we actually have a really good coaching staff too. Well, it just that for some for it just that for some reason I don't know why they. <laughs> refuse to get out their own way man i don't understand bro yeah and and what you know i'm gonna bring it up right now um while we're still in negatives there's been multiple i i you know i watch i'm i'm a follower of bleacher report and there were most and one of the writers or one of the things that the cowboys page shows a lot is uh blocking the boys and i I hate to have to plug somebody else that don't really plug me, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> don't plug it up. Show, show blo- some love, man. Show yeah, some love. B- b- blogging the boys does different articles and all that stuff. And they're all, they're saying it's like everything, but is good for the Cowboys, but for Mike McCarthy. It's like, <laughs> is Mike McCarthy holding the Cowboys back? Oh, I, I wouldn't McCarthy. say that. And so like, and that's where my thing is. I don't think he's holding us back. I really do think Mike McCarthy had brought a brand, a better culture to this Cowboys team, a more aggressive, confident, um, kind of not show what's the word I'm confident is probably the better word I'm looking for. Yeah, confidence, um, bravado, all that. Yeah, the team like he does something with this team that really got them going that Jason Garrett couldn't do or he mm-hmm. never did. And so, yeah. like, out is this he I don't even think remember him being this aggressive with Green Bay at the same time. And so, like, um, he, he said he took, you know, he took a year off to kind of recollect himself and reanalyze himself as a new, as a head coach. And so maybe he thought it was, hey, I wasn't as aggressive. Maybe I was more aggressive. I'll well, get more wins. But- yeah, like you're saying, he actually, actually during his time off, he had big into analytics. So that was a big thing about his decision making when he came to the Cowboys. Like, yeah, I kind of changed my approach a little because now I'm more analytical driven when before he wasn't that analytical driven in Green Bay. Um, so I guess that's good and bad because then you see this crazy type of stuff going on here. But yeah. maybe he's anyway. believing too much in the numbers. And so, like, and I, I really do believe Mike McCarthy is a good, is a great head, not a great, he's a good head coach. And <laughs> he's so a good head coach, yeah. he's a good head coach. And so he could, he can make better game time decisions. Like it's good to have analytics, but it's also you got again, you also gotta have the mind. And so I think Bill Belichick has a good mindset and he has a 
analytics, which is why he's considered the GOAT. And so which is why he's able to carry these teams who shouldn't be competing in the league with any other <laughs> of these teams other than the Jets. But he's able to compete with these Tom, Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. Almost beat Tampa Bay. Almost beat us. Like, there are always – the Patriots' losses, they're like one play away from being, from being a W. Yeah, and I think so, only one game they actually were, like, blown out, and all the other ones are, like, almost, like you said, like a one possession or something like that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. So, like, there's a reason why for that because, you know, Bill Belichick, he puts – and he has always done it with outside of the year they had Randy Moss and um I can't and um uh Tim Brown, I think his name is. Outside of that, they never really had household name receivers. And so he's always done it with that. And he's won seven, six championships with that. And Tom, of course, Tom Brady, but he's won six championships with a very good defense and a mediocre receiving court. Because he's a goat, <laughs> so like simple as that. Because <laughs> he has analytical mind and he's a smart and he's a smart coach. And so, but I just feel like Mike McCarthy. Hey, it's good to believe the analytics, but sometimes your gut is better than analytics. And um, according to you know Skip Bayless, you got a pretty big gut. So go with that. Sometimes. Yeah, I see Skip had talked about his gut too much lately. Has he? No, yeah, no, he has. Yeah, size. like I'm sure sure he's as big as ever, but. Hey, when it, when, it, when it makes you look pretty good, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, to be honest, with you, I stopped. Uh, I stopped paying attention to Skip Bayless after he made that comment. But mm-hmm. he's also he. I do have the Fox Sports app because you know I'm a sports Spurs fan too, and that's where most of Cowboys game is on is on Fox. So I have to have the app. Yeah. Um, and so his show is on Fox Sports, and he said he said this is the worst that his Cowboys has been. This game was the worst game that he's seen his Cowboys play. And I was like, Skip, you're you're just dumb. And I got it's really spiked it. He, it was a quote notification. And I was like, no, we've seen a lot worse games, and we've lost those games. So like this is oh, yeah, I've seen, I've, I mean, like I said, this was the, one of the most stressful, but I've seen really terrible games. So but uh, yeah, definitely it, last year, we had a lot of terrible games. We talking about but, and also one thing about this game, like I think it was a good win at the same time. Um, yeah, because we went through adversity. You know, mm-hmm. we went through some very heavy adversity. You know, we were on that high after Trayvon Diggs' interception, very high. But then Trayvon got out, and then he got they got humbled because you know who do you, who do you put that on, Ed? Do you think that's on Trayvon? They keep saying that, but I really think it was on Kazee. It is on Kazee. Uh, it is Kazee, right? That was back there. Or? Yeah, it is. Thank it's you. absolutely on Kazee because it was obviously a cover two type of. Uh, I don't want to actually cover one, and they only mm-hmm. had a uh, one deep receiver. And Devonta Kazee definitely had. He definitely should have played the receiver and not the ball. And so the situation of it, you saw, you saw Trayvon get beat, and you saw him recover because you know. Uh, that's the case that ball back Jones is really those deep balls and kind of thinking that ball is going to be underthrown and Trayvon was in position if the ball was underthrown mm-hmm. but he also and the only reason why he was in that position because he knew he had the safety over the top and so that's what I'm thinking too yeah and when you look at it Trayvon kind of held back because hey I got my safety coming over he's gonna bring in a banger I don't want to get hurt at the same time right but you know uh DeMonte played the ball and not the receiver and therefore you know, the outcome. And also, back Jones threw a beautiful ball to him. I got, can't mm-hmm. take credit for that. That ball was on a line perfectly in between them. But I put that on uh, DeMonte. But I do got to respect Trayvon for owning his mistake in it to where he got – he bit on the double move. He said, hey, I owned it. I've been – hey, I talk, I claim to be the number one quarterback in the league. I need to be better. I need to not – I still need to be patient. I got to read my keys, stuff like that. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but I, mm-hmm. t- I do give him kudos for owning up to – and he was pissed, man. Did you see him on the sideline? 
The dude was pissed, and I was like, ooh, man. And um, the coach, who I just, Al, Al Harris. Thank you. His name flew out my head as soon as Al Harris was – and that's some, some good coaching from Al Harris. Like, hey, hey, it's all right. You're going to get beat. We're not always going to be perfect. You got mm-hmm. – you're like, you're going to make mistakes, but you got to build off. You got, we still need you out there because we're going to have to get this touch that we're going to have to get a stop in order for our office to get the ball. And, again, he made plays in overtime. So, yeah. one thing about – Trayvon, he does take away a receiver. He takes away half of the field, and you saw that. I mean, teams are still going to try to go after him because they they had to show balance or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's been around. He's getting deflections. He's getting interceptions. He's putting pressure on these receivers, and he's he's going to be. I I put that on Demonte, but I do respect Trayvon's reaction after the fact and not not do i respect not only do i respect it i'm excited about it because that's the type of mentality that the defense needs in order to excel and go up to that next level say like, hey i like i need y'all to be pissed michael parsons was pissed he said this was the worst game he's ever played too and he def- he has some miscues as well and so like our defense is taking some they have some ownership which we didn't have see last year we didn't see this ownership we didn't see this passion on the defense last year. Now that we're seeing it this year, I think it's a tribute to Dan Quinn. I could give it to Mike McCarthy and also the staff that they have around them. Hey, these guys, they want to win and they believe that they, it's good to believe that you're the best. You got to continue showing on film, but you got to be, and you just own your mistakes and learn from it and move up. So Trayvon's still young. Uh, Michael Parsons, obviously the rookie. Trayvon's in the second year. And so, hey, (laughs) agree, I'm ex- still excited to see what this defense can do. And tell you one thing, Trayvon's not gonna bite nobody's double moves though. So like, <laughs> Trayvon, like there's a beast in Trayvon that has been not fully awakened yet. And I still, I still don't think we've seen the best of Trayvon Diggs yet. We've seen some very good, very very good Trayvon Diggs. We have not seen his best. He's as he has tied so far Rod Wilson in mm-hmm. as far as interceptions in the beginning of the league. Rod Wilson, Hall of Famer. Um, he's already got multiple comparisons to Deion Sanders. So we have not seen the we have not seen the end of Trayvon Diggs. And I was oh, no. I'm, I'm thinking like he's on that Darrell Reeves, Patrick Peterson type of level, you know, like can you dig it? <laughs> so I'm digging it. <laughs> so that's how I feel about it, man. This is go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he's that type of guy, especially at cornerback that um I could definitely see in, in in the future that you will get probably caught on a few more double moves, you know, and going forward. And this, like I said, it's part of the game. Um, but it's more of like, if you're going to try it, like try it at your own risk, right. In terms of try to move or try whatever on them. So if people keep trying to throw at them, then yeah, I'm sure you're going to get them every once in a while, but is it going to always go for a touchdown? I doubt that. Cause if it'll been played the way it's supposed to, you probably get like 20, 30 yards, but then it still wouldn't have been a touchdown versus, Hey, I throw at him, and then he gets a pick six, and then runs it back, and that's you now that's six for them. And also, man, bro, that 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 play on the ball to catch it like that—that that was insane, yeah. bro. He has yeah. some crazy hands. That that's that's, all, that's that's a playmaker right there, through and through. That's, that's I don't like, know, man. You got to give credit uh, that his interception was amazing, like hand-eye coordination uh, right off the tip ball. Great hand-eye coordination, coordination with that, and then the touchdown. You do definitely got to give credit, Mac Jones, born. I mean, I'm telling you though, if Demonte Kazee would have paid the receiver and up the ball, that possibly would have been an incomplete pass because, like, Mac Jones set him up to get hit at the same time. And so um, I put it on Demonte Kazee, but I do give 
credit. I do uh, like the fact that uh, Trayvon Diggs kind of got pissed off and kind of owned up to him getting bit, beat on a double move. So that's yeah, now, now we're seeing the guys kind of have that expectation of a certain bar, right? A yeah. certain bar of excellence that they, that they think that you should have at least this or better. And when they don't meet that, they're like, okay, well, that's that was a terrible game. It is what we got to win, but I'm not happy about the win because I know that we can. I've seen this play better. I think we should be better than that. And like you just said, man, perfectly, that's kind of what we were lacking for a, a bit, um, especially last year. We were kind of just questioning, you know, who are the leaders on this team, especially yeah. when guys are hurt? Like, who's going to step up? Like who, no matter what, just feels like, yeah, we might not have our top guys, but this is not acceptable. And yep. at times, I think last year, we didn't feel that that was the case you know, with them playing or maybe in the locker room and that they were kind of just going through the motions or just fine with how it was going. It's like, hey, man, it's a down year. Guys are out. You know, it's expected, but it's like, come on now when you kind of want that culture. And I think a big thing for us that we've been talking about was culture for the locker room. And I really feel like our culture is in a really good place now, especially even with the young guys in there playing a lot of snaps. Um, you can tell us that they're definitely building the culture that they're now going to be now the foundations or some building blocks to hold it up going forward into the future, into the future. So you'd love to see that. And Hey man, kudos on, on the Cowboys for how they've been drafting of late because they got some really good guys that they brought in. And yep. they're definitely developing in, into it. And I really just can't wait to see how it looks like we bring everybody back, um, especially some of the younger guys and, of course, the vets, too, to kind of see what it looks like all together. Yeah, man, that's what it's, I, that's, what, it's oh, whoo, that's what I'm waiting for as well, is this when the we get our full – we're back to being full strength, man. Um, we do get Lyle Collins coming back. Our folks been after being reinstated from his suspension, still waiting on news from Neville Gallimore. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence looks like it may be another month for him. Uh, we don't know anything on Michael Gallup at the same time, and so um, we're just and Dak kind of he he pulled it, strained his calf on that yeah. touchdown pass to CD Lamb. So that's something to look look into going to next week. The Cowboys aren't practicing this week, um, so. Which is give them time to rest and rehab. So, but we'll see coming out of the Bible what happens to that. So that's Daniel's negatives. Kind of went into a new topic with there, but I like it, like the conversation. Um, premium stakes I've given out. Daniel mentioned earlier Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown. Y'all get some premium stakes for basically Daniel mentioned earlier. All those amazing catches, great yes, plays that y'all did, even on the blocking scheme of it too. Um, like Daniel said, when we're looking for that that person to replace for Michael Gallup yards. And a lot of people are coming in there and replace Michael Gallup's yards, but uh, Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown definitely did their thing this past week. And there. bro, they, 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 they had to get in that game too. Cause you saw like all their receivers were gassed at that point in, oh, time yeah. in the game, man, it was, that, a, it was crazy. It was, it was like, so many snaps. So it's like so many snaps going on, going up and down the field. They were having a hard time even like running any of the routes. I was like, yeah, yeah we need to switch everybody out. But I think we took like, almost all of our starting receivers out, out at one time. It's yep. kind of insane. Yep, uh, Malik Turner got some, uh, got a couple yeah. plays in there too, and so I was like, <laughs> Dak went right to him. I was like, Hey, what's Malik? Like, Damn, was, Dak. What's Malik doing out here? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, When did you get called up? But yeah, like you said, it's like it was necessary, and so and it's good to see that. Hey, when you have to let your starters out, that you know the ball doesn't go down as or the the uh, consistency or the expectations don't drop. Hey, yeah. you still expected to get these catches if you're wide open. If you still expect to get these routes, go for the ball. And so that's what I like to see, man. And so, um, again, we have a lot of stuff to be excited about, too. But for those negatives that you mentioned, we have to fix those. And I'm all that's and I feel like that at that point we can be a contender. We're kind of right in the middle of being a pretender, contend, pretender and contender. 
it's like, but we're like, we're right. I feel like we're right at the cusp of being legit contender in this league right now. So, Daniel, what are your thoughts on that? Are we like, um, I'll explain a little bit deeper where I say as we're around the cusp of being a contender. It's like I say we're around the cusp because our defense is showing that they can hold the team and be able to get us an opportunity to win the game. But for the mistakes they make early on or later on, like so they're showing they're able to be consistent and hold us into a game. The offense has shown that we're able to blow out these teams, but for our own mistakes. And so that's why I say we're like right at the cusp of being contenders because we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot as far as most of these games and being able to win. And when you look at teams that have won, you know, or like you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, it's like, hey, they they were rocky early on, but they got their thing. They got the thing going and they continued on that motion going through. When you look at the uh, the Chiefs, you know, hey, they had a pretty average defense, but they were consistent at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, but, and they had this amazing offense. You know, we all know about Pat Mahomes. Um Hey, if you look at the Cowboys in the 90s when they, we had a th- had our three championships, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers when they won, the Baltimore Ravens, like, hey, they show consistency. They're all in their almost perfect 99.9% of the, of the time of their games. It's like the only reason why they would lose because, hey, it's a hard-fought game, but they, they cut out their own mistakes or there were no mental mistakes, no useless penalties and stuff like that. So that's why I say we're at the cuffs of being contenders, like right there, of being legit contenders for the Super not just for the playoffs, but for the Super Bowl. We are right there being contenders, in my feeling. We're right there. If you talk, if you listen to the playmaker, Michael Irvin, he already says, buy your tickets to the Super Bowl right now. <laughs> I don't think we're at that point yet. I don't think we're there. But we could be. We could be. But we're not there yet. So where are you, where do you see we are? Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually fine saying that we're in the the contender section at this point in time. I'm not even on the cups with it. Um, now, does that mean that we're actually are you know going to be Super Bowl favorites? Now, I don't I can't say that at this point in time. Um, but the reason why I'm pretty I'm feel pretty good saying we're contenders is that going into the season, I think we all kind of have the same type of thoughts that the offense we kind of assume for sure is going to be an offense worthy of you know playoffs or getting you getting you to the Super Bowl, and they've proved that you know, pretty much every single game in terms of how they come out there and kind of and, and execute. But the biggest question mark, though, was that defense, um, because it's very hard for you to be a contender or even to, you know, get through the, the, the full season or make the playoffs if you, you know, have to try to outscore everybody every single time, because at some point in time, someone's going to slow you down. Um, but I think at this point in time, even though we're, we're about at the midway part, that I'm pretty comfortable saying that, you know, our defense does appear to actually be consistent in certain aspects now are we consistent in terms of stopping the run no but can we stop the run we've shown that we can do it so it's kind of you know hot and cold with that um in terms of shutting down the pass we don't shut down the pass but i think we actually play at a pretty decent level but one thing that is very consistent with this team though is the level of effort and also generating the turnovers now that's a big thing for us because before it's like okay was it a fluke you know when we started off with tampa was it a fluke um going into our second week but after so many games, after seeing that it's not only just Trayvon, but also other people getting into it, um, we actually are getting some pressure with our with our pass rush as well. That okay, it's like yeah, this is actually a trend that's going on. This this is a team that does generate turnovers. It is what it is. Uh, you know, we have certain certain pieces in place that do their thing, and at certain times, you know, other people can elevate their play and also uh, assist in terms of the turnovers or in terms of helping win the game. Um, so from seeing that, I'm pretty confident in saying that, yeah, I think our defense can help us get by if 
you know, we're not shooting ourselves in the foot. If we do step up and when the time comes, you know, bow up and, and make those those tough run stops, then I think we actually can go pretty deep into the playoffs. But in terms of being a contender, that's many to me, that's like, okay, are you being the team that you're supposed to be? Yes, we are. And for those 50-50 games, the ones that could kind of go either way, are you winning most of those games? So far, we are. Um, also, I think another reason why people are, are pretty bullish when it comes to the Cowboys is that our schedule um, initially seemed like we might have some pretty tough games going down the stretch. Now it doesn't seem like that so much. Now, of course, teams could kind of get back on track. But so far, it kind of seems that, okay, well, the Cowboys are probably going to be you know, favored, if not within the score of the rest, the rest of the way for the rest of the teams that we do play. So that's a very favorable schedule for us. Um, it seems like this can be another down year when it comes to our division, which is good for us. And, you know, the fact that we are playing consistent, again, on not only offense but defense means you should have a pretty good a pretty good chance against our division opponents. And that right there is going to have you, you know, at least uh, have a good chance to get to playoffs. Um, so with all that being said, I'm pretty confident saying that we are contenders, but there's still more to see, um, especially on the defensive side. Again, we have still quite a few guys that are out, some key guys. We got to see if they how they mesh when they come back. Um, and if they do come back, is it going to elevate us to another level or about the same or make us worse? Um, and then also, man, uh, you know, coming up, we do have to kind of see are we going to make any type of moves at all. Uh, are we just going to stand pat, let our, let our guys come back and be good to go? Or are we going to go out there and maybe make one or two moves, something splashy, something not splashy, but something for a def, something for a starter? You never know. Um, but we've seen it before. You know, a couple of key moves here can kind of set you up for a potential big-time run too, so – you know, pretty, pretty excited to see what's going to come down the stretch on this. But as of right now, from what I've seen, I'm confident saying that, yeah, Cowboys, as of right now, are definitely contenders. Contenders from Daniel. I'm on the cusp. I'm, um, go ask Julian that question next week of where he sees. Uh, well, I'll save that question for him. Um, you mentioned potential trade moves or any free agency moves at the same time. So where do you see um, – where would you – if Cowboys make a trade, Say the Cowboys pick a trade. What position do you want them to trade for? And is it a starter? It had, most trades, I think the Cowboys, they'll have to be a starter. So what starter do you think, uh, what position do you think the Cowboys would need to make a trade for? Or need yeah, to I, make a trade for? I know for a while early on, I was big on the, the O-line, the O-line def. Uh, it appears, you know, to our surprise, we actually have someone that actually developed in Terrence Steele. So when Lil Collins comes back, um, provided that he's – going to be the starter inserted as a starter again we actually should be good when it comes to swing tackle so i'm taking that off of my big board in terms of the highest needs now okay. would i love to have more depth on the o-line of course but in terms of the most pressing needs i think it's still going to go back to that defense um for me i would love for us to potentially get maybe another cornerback in there i think we still need some help on the other side from trayvon um if not that i could definitely see some help on the d-line specifically for defensive tackle um, I just really want to see maybe we can get maybe a, another run stopper in there. I, I think that's something that we we really do need on on this team. So if we can if someone available for that, I would definitely be on the lookout for anybody that might be waived or for a potential trade for that too. Um, if I had to list something else, uh, this one really isn't that high on it either. But I would also say for linebacker, um, I think it would be good to uh-huh. have another linebacker for def. The only reason why I say that, and again, we haven't really seen Darrell Cox play too much. He actually might be kind of what we're looking for is that sometimes when we're having an issue with getting the pass rush going, we will actually spin down Michael Parsons to the D-line so he can get yeah. the quarterback. But when that does happen, you know, we have to bring in Leighton Vander Edge 
for pass coverage and counting nil as well. And as you've seen, Layton does sort of struggle when it comes to, you know, his pass coverage too. So if there's someone else that we can get in there, I doubt it's going to happen because we have so many people in that position already, but that will be, I think, a, a good uh, addition to the team as well. Uh, but for me, the top two would be either a cornerback or a defensive tackle, I think are the most pressing needs at this time. My concern, uh, I really feel like we missed on the cornerback train. You know, we missed with Stephon Gilmore and then we missed with C.J. Henderson. It's like I, I don't I don't see a corner without having like to break a, you know, making a mega trade for like another one of these big time cornerbacks. Um, I don't see us actually getting a cornerback and I don't want to have to give us so much capital. Now, if it's not for like a CJ hitter, even then a CJ hitters and then it costs that much, you know, it costs a tight end and a third round pick. Like I said, we have Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz and Dalton Schultz is showing that he could be a TE one. Blake Jarwin, granted you paid the man last a uh, couple of seasons ago and, or Dalton Schultz, he's just somebody else you probably have to pay too. So if you, if you're not gonna be able to pay him, do you want something back for him? Trade him back or at that same time, um, even Stefan Gilmore, you know, he costs a six round pick. And so I don't know if the Patriots did not want to trade him to us. And I know you talk, mentioned about the fact that possibly renting him, like it'd be just a run year rental, but we have that multiple already. You know, we already have a, a defense full of potential one year rentals. And so at the same time, hey, let's add one more. At the end of the year, like you're not, if you're not going to do anything else, go in and add the guy with a $15 million uh, cap on there and just roll with it, in my, in my, in my opinion. Um, but my main concern would be that defense tackle um, I, without, again, with Neville Gallimore being hurt, you know, even then if he comes back, I still think we still need that. Um, although Osa Odigizua has done well, Chauncey Golston has done well, Carlos Watkins has done decently, and maybe they don't want to do it to try to potentially slow down their development. But the way that our defensive line is rotating, I don't think we're going to slow down the development. Even Quentin Bohan, Bohan is starting to get some playing time now too. So mm-hmm. I don't see our the development slowing down because of the way our rotation is as far as that D-line. So I think if you bring in a defensive tackle with the, the mainstay of being a run stuffer in that middle, um, I'm okay with that. And so um, I can't, I can't uh, my names are blowing out my head right now, but I, I definitely would like to see another defensive tackle. Um, yeah, I'm like you, pay attention to that raver wire. Um, see what happens uh, with those uh, free with any cuts that come up because um, there's been some veterans being cut. Uh, Marcellus, uh, Randy Mer- Merciless got cut this past week as well from the Houston Texans. And so he's an edge rusher. He's not a defense tackle. So I don't think we need him. But yeah, we need, I think we need a defense tackle, someone else on the inside. Um, I'm okay. I have to disagree with you on the linebacker aspect because that's where I do kind of see if we bring in a veteran. I do kind of see that development kind of slowing down as far as for like the potential of Jabril Cox, um, because Jabril Cox is getting Cox is getting a uh, J- Jalen Smith type of plays right now, and so I kind of don't want to have another line, uh, linebacker. Um, I'm always good at adding depth. Uh, Terrence still has really done a very, very, very good job this season so far. Um, I hope he gets another bonus check, but this time it would be legitimate, <laughs> like last year. Last year. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was. Te- I mean, he played, so it was technically legitimate. Yeah, but you got to be. Anyway, yeah, I see your point, but he didn't play well. Last they didn't put that in contract, bro. They did not put that in contract. No, they did not. They just said snaps, and uh, he's and he done very well. You know, he. Um, I got. I, I didn't realize it um, when I rewatched the game when um, Tyron Smith went out. 
And so, and then when I looked and I was watching, the, when I was watching, I was like, wait, that's not Tyron. When did he go out? Luckily, you know, I had YouTube TV. I rewinded it and figured out how he got, when he got out. And so when I heard he got an ankle, I was like, oh man, I was nervous. I was like, oh man, if you had to go like, like granted, kind of in the rough, but Ty is out there. He's, he didn't really show consistency in the preseason. I'm kind of worried right now, but you know, Tyron, you know, being the man that he is came back and um, they gave him more tape and he came out and finished the game out for us. But yeah, I was kind of, I got a little nervous when Tyron Smith went down. I was like, oh, man. We, yeah, and surprisingly, <laughs> Naseki, I guess, he did, he did pretty good when he was in there. He did um, decent. Yeah, he did He did pretty good, you know. Got the, but, but, like, when he came in, I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. But, yeah. But, you know, uh, I feel like Terrence Hill is kind of making a safe for himself being that swing tackle for the team going into next year. And so kind of gives us um, something else to spend our money towards. And so kind of it makes me feel good. But um, this season, yeah, I'll say we need a defensive tackle. That's where my concern is at. Oh, I just thought of like a low key one that we might see, probably might even look into might be like uh, someone that could be like a backup center. I think oh, yeah. right now, if if anything happens to be out, is I'm not I'm not confident in pretty much anything behind him. Definitely not Connor Williams trying to get back there and snap <laughs> and snap the ball. So they may look for some depth in terms of someone who can play like guard and center or something because uh, they've been trying to train somebody up, but I think it's, it's been kind of a tough go. So that might be something to look at as well. But again, not a pressing knee because he's a young guy that's right there now, but. You know, injuries do happen, so that's something to, to look at. Well, when you talk about center, um, last week there, Connor McGovern was getting tested at that position too, mm-hmm. and so we talked about how well he's developed. As um, he was taking snap, he was giving snaps to a uh, Cooper Rush um, in place of uh, Connor Williams giving snaps, to, and I think Connor Williams was giving snaps to Ben DiNucci too. So there's mm-hmm. there's some experimenting going on, and this they're is trying the bi- wherever they can, man. Yeah, and the bye week is normally where you see these experiments, yeah. you know, and they take the time. So granted, they're not practicing, but they're experimenting. Like the teams, is, like players are still going to facilities. They're still doing their one-on-ones. So yeah, we're going to see something like some most changes happen during the bye week as far as positional changes, lineup changes. Most of them outside of injury, they happen during the bye week. And um, I feel like the bye week kind of came perfectly for us. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, we still got like nine, 10 games to play after this. But um, I still think it was perfect, you know, because that calf injury for Dak was very could be very worrisome. And um, hopefully he's able to come back fully healthy for that. Uh, his MRI was negative, which is a good thing, uh, but it's still a calf injury. So, yeah, that, um, <laughs> that for Dak, uh, Zeke trying to heal up his ribs, uh, yeah. Tyron Smith with his ankle. A lot of stuff was going on, his ankle and his neck. So a lot of stuff was going on. We're like, yeah, we need just a little bit of time to, <laughs> to heal up. <laughs> which um, we'll kind of – so let's um, – we're going to change it up a little bit. So let's kind of talk about the longevity of the season, right? So normally like this, they added an extra game and now mm. with the Cowboys having their bye week in week seven instead. Of, and so kind of basically in the middle of this, what would have been the middle of the season last year, you had that extra game kind of still in the main, middle of the season. Is that, is this the perfect time for us to continue on and finish out the season, hopefully fully healthy. And if anything, we take like, take a rest game or rest players later on. Like, cause like you said, like we said, if you look at the schedule, the end of our schedule, we have five of our division, five of the five to six weeks are against our division. I'm sorry. Four of the last five weeks are against our division games who aren't looking good. And so can you possibly say, Hey, if we go out there in the first half and shut them out, or can we do player management later on in the season or can you see that happening later on in the season some player management type of skill set happening um right before the playoffs 
Uh, I mean, that would depend on how far ahead and for playoff seeding as well. Like if you're kind of locked in, then the courts are going to probably start shutting some people down. Um, but in terms of the uh, positioning for our bye week, I think it, it works out pretty well for us because, uh, you know, we're healing up the current guys we have right now. And we do have more guys coming back that are currently on IR still. Um, so I think once we get those back, we'll have even more depth on the team to actually be able to rotate more people in if we need to and give people maybe more rest by doing that as well. Um, so if we have, you know, if provided we stay healthy when they get back, um, I think we're in a position to where now we won't have as much wear and tear or be able to weather any type of injuries going forward by getting these, these guys back into the lineup too. Um, but I think we're going to see, man, because like I said, it's a longer season that I think at, at the end of the season, people are going to be dragging, people are going to get beat up, especially people in these divisions that are going to be tight races. Um, mm. ideally we won't be in one of those, we, you know, you never know, but I think that would be, you know, a boon to us if we don't have to worry about that as much in terms of just getting to playoffs, if we're already set with a, a seed. Um, but that's not gonna be for everybody. People are going to be fighting, you know, to the last and with this extra game, even though people say, Oh, it's just one game. It's like, well, Hey man, you still are getting almost hit like with a, like by a mat truck, almost every play. If you're like a lineman or something or yeah. getting jacked up, if you're a running back or getting blindsided, if you're a quarterback or something. So. Uh, anything could happen in these games. We've already seen big injuries to a lot of big time, well, not a lot, but to some of the big time players already. Um, and the, I mean, the way football goes, it's going to keep stacking up. So, yeah, I think for us, I think it's good for us to, especially because of the momentum we have, it's good for us to kind of now take a break, um, you know, regroup, yeah. and then hopefully get back out there again, too. So, regroup, recharge, and, and re motivate, you know. And so, mm-hmm. one thing that you don't want to get is too cocky. Don't get yeah. too big headed. Like, hey, we still got we still got to remain humble. Hey, we haven't won more than one playoff game in over 25 plus seasons. And so um we still gotta remain humble. <laughs> and we slow down, fellas. Slow down. Like, hey, I love the energy. I love the I love, you know, I do kind of love the fact, you know, sports analysts are trying to hop on the bandwagon, but hey, in my opinion, the trains already been moving. So y'all are on the caboose, man. In my opinion, <laughs> I don't care about y'all. So all you Skip Baylesses, your uh, Marcellus Marcellus Wileys, you know I don't get give I don't care. You know Shannon Sharp, I give him do I do give him credit. He's holding on to his own. You know he's like, hey, I mean Cowboys are doing well, cool. I still don't like him. <laughs> so I kinda, I <laughs> it kinda, is what it is. <laughs> I, I do give him credit for that, man. But hey, even all the all the amateur football fans trying to hop on the bandwagon. Hey, nah, we don't need y'all. Nah, come on. Come on, join. But y'all not, not Ed Grilling Fairweather fans, <laughs> my lord. <laughs> hey, I I never really liked Fairweather bandwagoner fans, man. Like, I mean, unless you have no reason to like have a, a team, like granted, if it's not even the same state or the same, like, or where you live or whatever, you can still have like some type of team. Now, if you're not a person who watches football, basketball, baseball, like myself, I don't watch baseball, so I don't care who my wife loves the Dodgers. So I was like, hey. The Dodgers want to tell on the Dodgers, or I may troll her and be like, "Hey, I hope the other team wins." Type of thing. But if you don't have, like, if you don't have no reason, like that's not like a team. Like, don't be bandwagoning teams. You know, like even then, I don't even like people who follow a player to that team. I don't like that neither. Oh, that, oh you, that you, bothers you, me. You, you, you hating hating out here? That, now, that, huh? is, that's not hate, <laughs> that just bothers me. If you like a player, that's great. Love the play. Like I loved Ray Lewis. I didn't like the Ravens, and so I love Terrell Davis. I didn't like the Broncos, but like I just love the players. I was always a Cowboy fan. I just like those players. And so I, like, I, I'm, 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 I mean, uh, for me, it's all it's all about consistency. If you consist like, hey, wherever see? Tom Brady goes, that's my that's my boy. Wherever LeBron James goes, that's my squad. I'm like, all right, I understand because of LeBron James. Now you have like three different jerseys or whatever. I'm fine with that. 
But if you're just like, oh, well, you know, before I was like a, a Phoenix Suns fan, but now the Cavs are good. So now I'm a Cavs fan and kind of jumping that way. I'm like, bro, no, bro, that, that that's making any sense. Which was like half the NBA with the, the Heat's big three. And when LeBron left yeah. Cleveland and they went back to Cleveland. And so and now L.A. And so that's why that's why I've always called like Laker fans, Faker fans, because they're only Faker. They're only Laker fans because of like. But I, I've kind of come to terms with it, man, because that's what it comes with, like these these, you know, big time or preeminent franchises in whatever sport so of course the cowboys are that they have a, a huge fan base they have a lot of fair weather fans too same thing for the lakers they're a historic team they have a huge fan base like all across the country um a lot of fair weather fans as well so even like when they were bad everyone's like oh man lakers are garbage blah 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 rob Lincoln's doing what he's doing this is like the worst franchise ever then they made a few trades like oh man they're great they've always been one of the most <laughs> historic teams of all time rob Linka, he's a genius when it comes to running this team and i'm like what the? <laughs> but like, <laughs> I was like, it's so night and day. And like you said, it's not just like the average fan. It's actually like the actual the the, the analysts and specialists yeah. or whatever the people who supposed to be in the know. Like they're so wishy washy too. It's like this is a big reason why you don't watch too much of like sports center anymore or whatever. Because it's like as yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just watch highlights and stuff. So it's kind of turned me off. But it is what it is, man. It's kind of how it goes being part of like a, a fan of such like a, a big time or such a popular team, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's how I watch clips. And so um, one thing I do, I, uh, our, our former boy, Cowboy, uh, Marcus Spears is on an ESPN crew now. And he, I'll tell you one thing, man, he's been preaching Cowboys like the past two years. And he definitely did. He called out Max. Uh, not, I'm sorry, not Max. He called out um, Steve, Stephen A. He called out Molly on first take. And he called out um, the quarterback with the long last name starts with an O. Ah, uh, former quarterback. Oh, Orlovsky. Orlovsky. Orlovsky, yeah. There you go. He called them all out on first take this past <laughs> week. And he was like, all y'all were saying my boys suck. Y'all were all defending all these other things. And he's like, and when they uh, gave, like, they beat a Giants team who was hurt. I was like, he was like, y'all didn't have the same noise when the Cowboys were all hurt last season. They, it's like, y'all fake. I was like, go ahead, Marcus. <laughs> I was like, go ahead. Hey, but, man. Uh, <laughs> he's right, though. No one feels sorry for you, bro. No one feels sorry for no how, how hurt your team is. Exactly, because we dealt with it a lot. And it's, every team has to deal with it, you know? But it's part of the game. Injuries happen. And heck, depending on who the player is, your season might be horrible. And so you got to, yeah. and that's what we experienced last year. We lost our two, two of our top three linemen, lost our quarterback, and we had a defense who did not know what they were doing. And we, we lost and we owned it. We talked about it all last season. It hurt, yeah, but we owned was, it and we talked about it. Rough, rough <laughs> but, season, man. Oh, man. So, a little <laughs> anything else we want to talk about before I try to plug up uh, our next episode? We actually, whoo, kind of been out here for a while. Sorry, Paul. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> We're about to hit. We're about to go into our bye week too, bro. So we had to get our last, you know, <laughs> give him a little extra long pie. You know what I'm saying, bro? Well, we're technically not going on bye. We'll still be back. What? We have a little special bye week episode. So of course there was no preview because there's no game to play next next week, and because there's no game to play next week, there will be no recap. Replacing the recap is our Dallas Cowboy Hall of Fame. So we kind of we. We talked about Tony Romo being a hall, uh, in the National Football Hall of Fame. We talked, and I've mentioned that if there was a Cowboys Hall of Fame, not the Ring of Honor, but the Cowboys Hall of Fame, he will be in that. And so, hey, this is uh, uh, multiple teams does do actually have a Hall of Fame for that team. I just realized yeah. that. <laughs> so the Cowboys don't. It's just kind of surprising. But and so, um, myself, Daniel, and Julian will be writing our. If the Cowboys were to do an inaugural year of the Hall of Fame, we will be giving you guys our 10 players who should be on the first 
it, be inducted into the Cowboys Hall of Fame during the first year if the Cowboys were to do it. Um, it'll be pretty interesting. So there's there's some requirements. They so they have to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. They can't be in the Hall of Fame. And what was my last requirement? I already forgot it. Um, you didn't put a third one on the chat. You're like, oh, I, I think there was a third, but you forgot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty sure there was a third, but oh well, I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you. By, by the time we actually start the pod, I'm sure we can mention it when we start the thing off. <laughs> oh, and the other one is they can't be in the Ring of Honor, so you can't bring players down out of the Ring of Honor to be put in the Hall of Fame. So the Hall of Fame is at steep below the Ring of Honor. That's that's the other requirement. Once I figure out the third one, I'll message to you guys. But that's what we're doing for the bi-week episode. Hopefully we get DR on there so you can kind of critique us. He's not a Cowboy fan, but he, I'm pretty sure he'll be able to realize some of the names that we're talking about or remember it. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I feel like we'll have a few similar names, but I think after we finish like the top three or four, that's when I think it's going to get a little bit different because I feel like we all like one of we all like different players. We all kind of cherish certain different things as part of the game. So that's where I think this will possibly be a pretty fun uh, bi-week episode. Um, and then, we'll, of course, I'll put I'll find a way to make the list pretty and put it on uh, Twitter for you guys to like and poll on it. I will make a Twitter poll for the first time. And so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm pretty, sure the, I'm pretty sure the turning point will be Terrence Newman. <laughs> we'll see if he's on Julian's list. That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. Uh, he may. may. I'm not going to give it. I'm going to give it people for mine. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun. So I hope you guys listen to that. Uh, hope you guys like this episode. Uh, we will have Julian back next week um, with us. And I, I will ask him that contender pretender question because I feel like we did. I want to get his opinion on that as well. Um, Daniel, if there's nothing else, say goodbye to the people. So long, people. But yeah, like it's, like always, you can catch me, of course, on Trey Blanco's podcast and grill, but also on Speaking for Sport, where you can find myself, Terrell Huff, DR Lewis, not third, baby, where we break down one topic at a time was breaking with the sports world. Um, again, another great game. Uh, feeling good, feeling great. Looking forward to it. The bye week's going to be crazy as well, like Ed was saying. So tune in for that. Love y'all, man. Until next time. And yes, um, Trey Blanca's Podcast and Grill is affiliated with the Speaking for Sport Network, where they ask Speaking for Sport. We take um, Easy Clap, Aces for Hell, mm. and of course, the best show of all time. Trey Bacos podcast and grill. Bring down the X's and O's of Cowboys football. Hey, y'all have a great week. Don't get a DWI like Devonta Gazzito. Have a great week. Be blessed. That at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Be blessed. (laughs) Be be blessed. Be shady. (laughs) Ed, what the? (laughs) Close us out, bro. Close us out. What you doing, man? Be blessed. Be peace. Be love, y'all. We out. Peace. Shady as hell. <laughs>